welcome to Education Talks. Education Talks is an educational forum where educators and education advocates can discuss the issues of the day and empower themselves through activism. Be forewarned, these talks will be honest and unfiltered from the perspective of a veteran inner city teacher. My hope is that these discussions will inspire us to organize in order to become a viable political voice. Only when we have a seat at the table where decisions are made will we see student needs met, school operations improved, and school employees valued. On today's show. Welcome to Episode 5 of Education Talks. I am sincerely hoping this will be shared with every school administrator everywhere. This is the talk that needs to be had. This is one of those, the truth will set you free talks. So without further delay, let's get down to it. School administrators, educational leaders, or dictators. Remember, the recurring theme of my show is citing problems, but also sharing solutions. This show is based on my reflections of my personal, professional experiences, spanning 30 years, and shared experiences of other educators and school personnel. Dear school administrator, are you having difficulty maintaining your staff and your faculty? Does your school have a high ratio of employees transferring out and quitting? Does your work environment feel warm and close-knit or cold and alienated? Do you have just one or two colleagues that you feel comfortable with and everyone else feels like the enemy? Well, wonder no more. Today, we're going to go down two checklists. By the end of this show, you'll know if you are the problem or the solution. Why don't we all take the test? I will. I think you're gonna need pencil and paper for this one. Number your papers one through 10. Place a check by each one that applies. Be honest now, here we go. Let's start with the telltale signs of a dictator style principle. Number one, micromanaging. This is usually a control issue. No matter how well a subordinate completes a task, you find a problem with it. Constructive criticism is welcomed and appreciated, but for some supervisors, a person's best is never good enough. Number two, criticizing in public. Are you one of those principals that uses the intercom to announce your displeasure with something or someone in the building? How about turning the faculty meeting into a bully fest? If that's you, give yourself a check. Number three, never saying thank you. Is that so hard? My spiritual mom, God rest her soul, used to say you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. She was right. Sure, we know we have a job to do and should be doing it. Teachers are famous for going the extra mile, going above and beyond, and even sacrificing for the sake of the job. A little praise goes a long way when it comes to productivity. Number four, bullying and allowing bullying. 
I can't stand a bully and really hate working for one. Nothing good can come from being mean and cruel to your employees. And having your administrative team administer your cruelty by way of proxy just makes them look like kiss-ups and causes them to lose major cool points with the faculty and staff. Number five. This is a good one. Favoritism. Favoritism is defined as the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another. Is that you, sir or madam principal? If so, know that this sort of behavior only causes division and animosity among your employees and isn't the whole point of working together to be productive? If you have one or two people on your staff that get all the supplies, all the opportunities, get to go to all the workshops, and the same little nucleus of people are growing in the workplace and everyone else is pushed aside, then you are guilty of favoritism and doing yourself no real favor in the workplace. Give yourself a check. Number six, not listening or encouraging feedback. This is a major problem in school workplaces. Of course, the school administrator is the leader of the school building and all major and final decisions come through that administrator. No one is disputing that fact. But every now and then, when something is not quite gelling, coming together or working well, instead of just asking your staff to sit and wallow in your failure, or bad decision, perhaps it would be to everyone's benefit to simply open the floor and take a look at what is working and what is not working and what can be done better. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to be open-minded. If you are an administrator that does not listen or encourage feedback with an open mind, give yourself a check. Number seven, doesn't lead by example. So many times, in the school environment, teachers are asked to change what they do, do something differently, and in cases, some cases, just change everything completely. You need an example? Can anyone say virtual teaching? Mandates are given to teachers so arbitrarily that they aren't sure that they're doing everything correctly. Leading by example means that you give your teachers a concrete example of what it is you want them to do so that they can deliver whatever that is. But many times, it's just do this and do that and have it in by this time. This kind of situation leaves teachers frustrated. Many administrators have never even been measured by the same performance tools teachers are currently subject to. Teachers look to their administrators to help provide clarity. Having a leader that can provide guidance and instruction makes a world of difference. Number eight lacks empathy or compassion. In the world of education, I think we can all agree that it is a female-dominated profession. We are usually the caretakers of everyone in our circle. It would behoove an administrator to keep this in mind. Teachers are not only mothers or wives. Some of us have health issues or elderly parents. It is imperative for administrators to understand that we are human first and an employee Second, there are times when we have to put our loved ones or our personal health first. Not that we don't love our job, but life is full of priorities and the job is just one of those responsibilities. An understanding boss will have the most loyal employees and an unsympathetic boss 
will experience a lot of pushback and staff irregularities. Number nine, doesn't encourage career growth. The beauty of going into a professional arena is the thought that there are opportunities for growth and advancement. But believe it or not, there are administrators that put forth a concerted effort to make sure that certain members of their staff never see those opportunities. A healthy workplace is a growing workplace. And not just for the privileged few, but for everyone in that environment that seeks to grow. If you are an administrator that wants to keep everyone under your supervision and under your control and subordinate to you, give yourself a check. And number 10, last but not least, managers with fear, not fairness. If I had a dollar for every time I had to deal with an unfair boss that tried to keep me frightened of their authority, I would have a nicer nest egg for my retirement. The good news is I don't scare easily and I'm not threatened easily. Maybe because my paycheck was not attached to a family at home. I didn't have to raise, feed, clothe, or put a roof over anyone's head other than my own. I had a little bit more freedom to tell them where to put their job if I felt disrespected. But for those teachers who are in that situation, allow me to say to those administrators guilty of unfair behavior, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you get some kind of sick thrill of being mean, cruel, petty, and conniving to your staff, by having them afraid to come to you with concerns because they're afraid that they'll get their heads bitten off or their evaluations will reflect a personal disdain that you have for them. Shame on you. And if that is you, give yourself two checks. Now, it's time to tally up our total. Hold on to that one for now because we have another checklist to go through. Number your next paper also from one to 10. And here we go. Characteristics of a good educational leader. A educational leader will not micromanage. This is pretty self-explanatory. You're not breathing down your employees' necks. You let grown people do their jobs. I'm not saying that you don't have the right to check in, but micromanaging means that every little detail is constantly scrutinized. Trust them to do a good job. And if they're not doing a good job, get them the help they need to do a better job. Your employees will love you for it. A good educational leader is friendly and approachable. My first principle, as I've said in past shows, should be the template for all school principals. He was friendly, approachable, kind, and knowledgeable. My choice to transfer to another school after 14 years of being there had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me wanting a new experience. The thing is, I compared every principal I had to him and none of them came close to measuring up. So thank you, Mr. Roy Logan. Number three, a good educational leader can communicate effectively. Communicating effectively simply means that you can relay information to your faculty and staff in such a way that it is professional, not personal, or offensive. It is clear, concise, instructive, and informative. Good communication leaves very little room for confusion. Number four, a good educational leader appreciates your skills. 
I've worked for principals that took the opportunity to spotlight a teacher that is growing professionally or had great success with their class and has contributed in a positive way to the school culture. Being appreciated for your efforts, whether it's mentoring another teacher or simply bringing a box of donuts for everyone in the main office, all of this contributes to the culture of the school. When an administrator utilizes the talents of his or her faculty, it lets an employee know that they are seen and valued. Number five, a good leader keeps meetings to a minimum. Amen. How many times have you been to a faculty meeting that was talking about something that could have just as easily been placed in an email? Isn't that frustrating? (sighs) Faculty meetings are a necessary part of working in education, and I'm sure that all teachers listening will agree. This is as long as the faculty meetings are about some important information or some form of teacher training, it's no problem. But meeting for the sake of meeting and wasting time where teachers could possibly be in their classrooms being productive serves no positive purpose for the school. The only thing worse than having constant meetings that aren't saying anything is having meetings that last forever. I think that is one of the things I miss least since I retired. So good leaders, thanks for keeping meetings as necessary as possible. Number six. A good leader focuses on the small wins. This goes back to when I was talking about saying thank you. Letting teachers know that they are appreciated. In today's educational climate, testing seems to be the only thing that matters. All teachers do with and for the children is not reflected in a test score. When principals take the time to recognize the efforts teachers put forth, being a bridge for a student, being a comfort to a student, being a cheerleader for that student, then those are the small wins I'm talking about. They are just as important, if not more important, than state testings at the end of the school year. Thanks for recognizing those small wins, good leaders. Number seven, a school leader does not allow workplace gossip to affect their opinions of their employees. I'll give you a moment now to shout and say amen. We know that work, the workplace can be a hen house of gossip, even though there's no place for it. Unfortunately, there are some administrators that let it influence their opinion of members of their faculty and staff. A good leader dismisses idle gossip. Thank goodness for leaders that are more concerned about work performance than the opinions of others. Thank goodness for administrators that keep their eye on business and keep their ears closed to gossip. Number eight, a good leader is prepared to be a coach. After all, the job of a school administrator is to lead and lead by example. And this can occur in many ways. How you treat everyone in the building, how you talk to everyone in the building, how you help everyone in the building. All of this makes you a coach. It teaches your staff about professionalism, compassion, and teamwork. A co- When you coach on how to be professional, that is one to be a kind coach and you're productive. Kudos to all good leaders that are great coaches. Number nine, a good educational leader is fair. Remember when we were talking about favoritism? 
go back and take a look at that part and it's pretty much the opposite of what I just stated. A good educational leader is fair. An administrator that knows the difference between personal and professional. Their style of leadership becomes a beacon by which others under their leadership aspire. Number nine, a good edu- sorry, number 10. A good educational leader creates a constructive atmosphere. I have only experienced this one time in my career. When I was at my first school, Guthrie Elementary, we worked together as a family. We were focused on education, educating the students. The principal made sure we were all supplied with what we needed and given the opportunity to be the creative educators that we were. There was no pettiness allowed and he carried himself in such a manner that we all knew what professionalism looked like. In such an environment, our students thrived and there was zero teacher turnover. Most teachers started their career there and retired from there because of that principle. He created a healthy environment. Is that you, Madam or Sir Principal? If so, give yourself two checks for that. Time to tally up your scores. And how did your administrator measure up? If you're a principal listening, how did you measure up? Do your scores reflect you as a dictator type of leader or an educational leader? My hope is that this little exercise will provide some insight as to whether you are in a healthy or toxic environment. My suggestions for those leaders that find themselves being more of a dictator range. Please take the time to see how it is affecting your, affecting your work environment. And if you desire to do better, you have a list of things that you can do to improve your work culture. To those principals and administrators that scored as a good leader, God bless you. It makes all the difference to the people that work under your supervision. I hope they remember to appreciate you and your efforts. My suggestion to those of you who now realize that you're in a good workplace with a good leader, not a perfect one, but a good leader. Continue to work together to build your professional supportive workplace. Remember to appreciate your good leader because not every school has one. My suggestion to those teachers that find themselves in a toxic environment with a dictator. As we used to say in the first grade reader, run, 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 run as fast as you can, run very, very fast. But seriously, there is nothing good that can come from staying in a toxic situation. Check out your options. If you're not appreciated where you are, go someplace where you will be. On our next Education Talks. It's been a whole semester. How's that virtual teaching working out? Well, that's all I have for you today here on Education Talks. You can find more episodes of Education Talks on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and Radio Public. Be sure to subscribe and get notifications of every new episode. Be sure and share as we continue to grow our education advocate group. Become a part of the education conversation. Make your voice heard or share an opinion. Drop a comment or a question. You can find me in your Google search at paulevelynallen.com or just type in Education Talks with Paul Evelyn Allen. 
to all my education advocates out there. Know that as you continue to fight the good fight, my prayers are with you. To my other listeners, if you didn't know what's going on, now you know. Remember, united we stand. Divided, we keep getting screwed. God bless you and keep you till we meet.